Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Believe in Falcons. I'm your host, Will McFadden. We've got a big one today, guys, a big one. Steve Weish, the NFL Network's chief national reporter, will be joining me for this special bonus episode on a Friday. We just wrapped up recording, talked a lot about Bill Belichick, talked a lot about the other coaching options and who could be in play for the Atlanta Falcons um, head coaching vacancy. Also talked about Rich McKay, Terry Fontenot. You know, how might all of this piece together? Steve is as plugged into all of it as, as anybody, and he has just so much great historical knowledge about the Falcons um, from his time covering them for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. So he is always such a great guest to have on, and I'm very appreciative of his time. Um, so I really don't want to delay any longer in, in getting that conversation. I will just update those for anyone who's not aware, but let's be honest, if you're listening to this podcast, you are. Um, Bill Belichick reportedly met with Arthur Blank uh, Thursday night for a, a little dinner to kind of, you know, I guess get get some feelers and they're meeting again Friday today um, for a, another interview with Terry Fondo and Rich McKay included. So it does seem like you know, things are, are getting hot and heavy with uh, with Bill Belichick here in Atlanta. Um, it does really at this point look like all signs are, are pointing to Bill Belichick being the next head coach in the Atlanta Falcons, um, unless, you know, something unforeseen comes to pass. But I didn't think I'd be saying those words. <laughs> Bill Belichick would, you know, right now it looks like be the, the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons at some point. So I don't know really what to make of that. Um, I, I think a good portion of the fan base, actually, I think everybody's going to find a way to wrap their mind around it. Um, if it does come to pass because he is at least the most accomplished and, and successful coach, or he will soon be in, in terms of wins, uh, if everything goes according to plan in NFL history. So, I mean, there's that part of it, but the recent history of how it looked in new England, um, you know, has some people questioning it, but we can debate and discuss all of that if and when the time comes. For right now, I want to get you guys as quickly as I can over to this interview with Steve because he's going to give you way more information than I could. So you guys are all in for a treat. Uh, Let's go to that. But first, with the NFL playoffs right around the corner and the NBA season in full swing, BetOnline has you covered with all the -the up-to-the-second odds, news, and scores. With additional odds, lines, trends, and info, On both desktop and mobile devices, you can access the world's best wagering information anytime. Head there today to get into the action and see all the updated odds. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. It is my absolute pleasure to welcome Steve Weish back on the show. He is the NFL Network's chief national reporter. You can find him on Twitter and Instagram at Weish89. Steve, thank you so much for joining us again. Hey, Will, thanks so much for having me back. Uh, kind of an interesting time of the year for the uh, Falcons, huh? <laughs> yeah, I, I, the last time we spoke, uh, I believe it was before the season. This was not where I think either of us uh, expected yeah. it to end. Um, but yeah, I mean, the future is right on the doorstep for Atlanta. And I mean, it seems like they are going after it in the biggest possible way, right? Bill Belichick is Mm -hmm. the big story 
down here uh, in Atlanta and obviously nationally being connected to the Falcons. He reportedly met with Arthur Blank uh, last night on Thursday as we record here on a Friday for dinner, meeting again with the team um, with Terry Fontenot and Rich McKay over the weekend. So, I mean, is it safe to say right now that Bill Belichick is, is the front runner for this head coaching search? Or is this still, in your opinion, a little bit of a feeling out um, kind of process for them? Oh, no, they're, they're down the line. I mean, when, when teams get to this point where the owner's having dinner, that and knowing Arthur Blank, that's him trying to learn more about his head coach because you know, with Arthur Blank, it is it's so important to him that the head coach of his most front-facing enterprise – is part of who he he wants to be part of the community. You know, Arthur Blank sees himself as is very much an ambassador for the city of Atlanta, and he wants his head coach to kind of have some of the same beliefs that he does. At the same time, mm-hmm. Arthur Blank understands Bill Belichick is the goat when it comes to fo- NFL football coaches, and to land him uh, would be huge. Remember, and I know I'm long winded, but look, I covered the team for the Atlanta Journal Constitution when he tried to do this with Bill Parcells mm-hmm. uh, back in 08 after the Bobby Petrino disaster, you know, they moved Rich McKay out of the GM role, wanted kind of a czar. They were knocking on the doorstep just like this with Bill Parcells. And then he leveraged them to get the job in Miami. I don't think that's going to be happening with Bill Belichick. I think he's, he's meeting with Arthur Blank with the utmost sincerity of possibly taking this, this head coaching job and whatever else comes with it. So if you are Bill Belichick, uh, what would be the kind of selling points for taking the Atlanta job over some of the other jobs? Is it that relationship with Arthur Blank, who is, you know, one of the most respected owners, I think, around the league and Rich McKay having obviously the the heritage he does in the game, but also the knowledge and, and the years he put it. Is that is that a benefit to Bill Belichick or is it more about the team and the roster that's in place and kind of the readiness of maybe this group in Atlanta. What are those selling points in, in your mind? Well, I mean, for Bill Belichick, it's everything, right? Remember in New England, he he had full control. I mean, that building had his imprints all over in terms of what department did what. This, I mean, he really had significant operations of the football department, maybe not the business uh, part of it. but So he wants to make sure, hey, am I going to get this? Do I really want that much on my plate anymore? Like, that's the one thing. We don't know Bill Belichick's headspace. Everyone's talking about, does he have to have complete control? Maybe he, you know, he, he's somebody, when you talk to folks who know him, who's who knows he's probably light years ahead of the thinking of most people, but maybe he's taking a step back saying, maybe I don't want to have all of this, but I do have to work with someone collaboratively to help me, you know, get these things in place. So I, I think that's, what part of it, what's attractive to the job is you look at this roster outside of quarterback, it is very much built like a Bill Belichick team. You have depth yeah. and stallions at running back. You have big wide receivers who can block in the run game, make catches with 50 50 balls. You have a versatile tight end. Let's think about Gronk. Uh, and some of the things that that Gronk could do, you have Kyle Pitts is isn't exactly a one to one for Gronk, but no, no, but no, yeah, he's I different. I mean, look, it's it's gonna it's gonna sound bad because of what happened off the field, but he's more of the skill set of what Bill Belichick did with Aaron Hernandez. Yes, exactly. He's using as like an H back fluid type of of tight end, but then defensively, you've got some physical dudes, guys who can run, corners who can play. So. The roster outside of quarterback is is not something that Bill Belichick has to come in here and completely gut. So 
It's it's and I don't think Arthur Blank wants him to. There's there is a there is a meter on this. This isn't a rebuild. This is okay. Let's take it to the next level. So I think yeah. that's part of it. The big thing is the quarterback. That's we've got Arthur Smith fired. That's one thing we haven't seen Bill Belichick been able to develop with all of those things in place in New England without Tom Brady. So the one good thing is there are receivers in place, and we know. <laughs> Bill Belichick's history of finding receivers. But you got to find the quarterback. You have to find the quarterback, uh, whether it's a short-term free agency guy or whether that's in the draft. Everything hinges on this regardless of who takes the job. So that's where, when it all pertains to Belichick and, you know, Terry Fano not being at the kind of end of season press conference, which raised a lot of eyebrows and his role in everything, but he'll be at the meetings, uh, you know, when they happen this next time around with Bill. I, I just kind of wonder if that quarterback part of it is a little bit of, you know, maybe an argument for the Falcons to say, this is the most important part for us. Terry has done a good job with, you know, what we've asked him to do in acquiring players, both through the draft and, you know, we want him on board. We would like him to be part of the process of selecting that next quarterback. You know, your track record post Tom Brady has not been stellar in that area. Is that part of maybe the calculus for why they chose to keep Terry Fontenot on and move on from Arthur Smith? What do you think Terry Fontenot's role could be in all of this? And if they really are hell-bent on getting Bill Belichick, and that is a huge sticking point, I mean, how could this play out? If they're hell-bent on getting Bill Belichick and that's a sticking point, then Terry is going to lose. I mean, point blank. I mean, it, I mean, that is what it is. And I think Terry yeah. Fontenot has done a good job, and he's worked collaboratively with his head coach, to get the players he's wanted, to use three top eight picks on non-premium top ten positions. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that necessarily was Terry's design. He worked with what the head coach wanted to succeed. So, look, the fact that the Falcons didn't have Terry Fontenot at that news conference, the fact that the initial press release with Arthur Smith that was Terry Fontenot will have input yeah. on the next head coach, I, I think he's he's very much in a position where if whoever comes in, wants to marginalize him or have him out of the building, again, Terry Fontenot will lose that battle. Hopefully Terry Fontenot has done enough to, if he is let go, get opportunities elsewhere. I think he's I think he's done a really good job. I agree. Um, but again, if it comes down to Bill Belichick or Terry Fontenot, we know how that's going to end up. If you do look at you know where Terry Fontenot came from, though, in New Orleans, that was another situation where the head coach was very powerful in that organization with Sean Payton. Right. I mean, and he was a very much like, I know what I want, certainly on offense, right? Defense, he wasn't, you know, Bill, I think is more the whole team, the whole roster. But there, there's a little bit, I think, of some of that give and take. There's a lot, there's a lot of it. There's a, that's a great comparison to what Sean Payton had and the overall authority in the building he had that Bill Belichick had in New England. Yeah. So again, there, there's at least some of that maybe familiarity and willingness if, Terry wants to to stay in and, and be a part of all of this and and is okay with a role like that. Maybe some of that background could lead him to, to being okay with with that more than the alternative. Let's talk quickly about some of the other names that could be out there. Is even though it seems like Bill Belichick, it's you know I think I tweeted the other day. It's like those two kids in in class. They, everybody knows they're going to end up together, right? And it's like, just, will you guys go on one date already? You know, like, we all see you just <laughs> looking at each other from across across the room. You're not paying attention. It's distracting all of us. That's what it feels like. But 
there are other names in the mix that are intriguing. Who do you think, you know, are serious contenders for the Falcons job? Ah, well, just in case, you know, Belichick pulls a parcels. I I do think, you know, (laughs) they'll make, they'll make a run for Ben Johnson. I don't, you know, we'll see if Ben Johnson would want to come to a situation like this. Um, you know, I think Washington is in a is in a good position with some of the relationships with the people there to get Ben Johnson. But, um, you know, Jim Harbaugh was interesting. I, I I don't think a lot of people saw that coming. You know, when he interviewed with the yeah. Falcons, other people. I think Raheem Morris is a sleeper name right here. Okay, he's got a great relationship from his time in Atlanta, a great relationship with Arthur Blank. And I do think he's someone who could very well emerge as a head coach when the cycle is over. A lot of people have vouched for him, including Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay. Um, the fact that the Rams brass, you know, in their their season-ending news conference is kind of hedging on if he'll be back. So I, I think he's someone else who could really step into that role, work with Terry Fontenot so they don't have to do, you know, a GM hire or, or much shuffling in that regard, and they can get going with moving forward. I could not agree more with you it's it's i've been saying that kind of recently that yeah raheem morris makes a lot of sense as that maybe primary fallback to to bill belichick not only you know as he recently worked with sean McVay, so he's got to have experience but you know it's almost uh it is totally cliche at this point just to bring up that washington staff from 2012 and 2011 and all but he was there at kind of the origin point of this Mm -hmm. modern aspect of football with guys like Mike McDaniel and Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay. And then he's here in Atlanta working with a Matt and Mike LaFleur and a Kyle and building that offense and on offense. Yeah. People forget that he coached offense on that staff. Yes. As the wide wide receivers receivers. coach because of his ability to, you know, handle different personalities and build relationships with players and control a, a room which is what a head coach has to do. And so if you want somebody, if, if there's anybody that I wouldn't be shocked, like figures out the way to counter this modern aspect of football. And like, it, it's already happening a little bit, right? Like this year, the scoring totals across the league were much lower than they really have been. So maybe we're seeing defenses figured out. But Raheem is as good as anybody, I think, at understanding offensive play in 2024, right? So... For that reason, and then you add all of the relationship part of it, the fact that a lot of the the scouts and the people in the building are the same. Like He could come in and slide in immediately. Some of the players are the exact same. So there's such a one-to-one there that I I do think Raheem makes a lot of sense. It would be great. Yeah, as one of the primary. The odds would be great. Just watching how he relates to players, people in the building, how he develops players. Look at all the kind of these guys, the Rams that we, we didn't know of coming into the season. And then you see, you know, some of these players like Kobe Turner, the defensive lineman is probably going to be the defensive rookie of the year. You know, Byron Young, the defensive end, come in as a rookie and develop into a, a stud pass rusher to really work well with Aaron Donald. So his player development, especially his track record with DBs, that's got to be taken into account as well. And, and I mean, on top of that, for everybody that wants the Falcons to keep Ryan Nielsen and bring in a good offensive coordinator, like, I could see Raheem Morris being the CEO type of head coach where he's saying, I'm not going to call plays. I'm going to be the head coach and I'm going to bring in a good offensive coordinator. And I've got, you know, Ryan Nielsen here. He did good. Like I could see that scenario working out. So again, it, it makes a lot of sense. And that is a great plan B for Atlanta to have. If that is of course their, their plan B. Um, what do you think the timeline for a potential hire could be? Because 
you know, I was part of one of these last time the Falcons had one with Dan Quinn and Arthur Smith, and it was really very much of a hurry up and wait. It felt like all the news came hot and heavy during the playoffs, but then of course you got to wait for all the interviews to take place, and then it backs off. Well, a the, bit. Se- the Seahawks went to the Super Bowl. I mean, they had to wait for that <laughs> game to be played. So that so that True. was part. No, I mean, if it's Bill Belichick, I wouldn't be surprised if it happened after the weekend. Okay, I know the I know the NFL doesn't like these things to happen when games are being played. So unless something comes down today. Because I think Bill Belichick is actually meeting with with all the, the people today instead today. of this weekend. Okay. Um, I, I think that would, if it happens with him, it'll happen sooner rather than later. Yeah, I, I you know I, I see you keep glancing down at your phone. I, I feel like something's imminent. No, I'm just <laughs> but I, it was it did cross my mind where I was like, man, we're going to get off the pod with Steve, and then 15 minutes later, it's going to be announced, and it's yeah. going to be like, oh, it it does. It happens in this business. So okay, cool. It it feels like that way as well. Like it, if it is going to ultimately be Bill Belichick. There's no reason to uh, to string that along. Go ahead and make the announcement. But I, yes. Uh, so let's wrap up here. Um, because we talked before the 2023 season, and again, it did not go the way that I think either of us expected at that point, but there were some legitimate improvements, right? Jesse Bates, mm-hmm. like one of the best players in the NFL. Best free, <laughs> best free agent signing of 2023. He was way up there. And then if you want to talk about maybe underrated signings, you can look at a guy like Caden Ellis and, and just kind sure. of the work that he did right in the middle and David Onyemata continuing to play. So there's a lot defensively to love about what the Falcons did. Offensively, Bajan, exactly kind of what you would hope he would be. Uh, Drake London continues to look like a star, Kyle Pitts. The, so what do you actually feel about the Falcons and, and what they did in 2023? And then how do you feel about them moving forward kind of coach aside just as a roster and as a collective group of, of guys well the roster's good I mean like we talked about Terry Fontenot did a very good job putting together a team collaborative collaboratively with his coaches Ryan Nielsen comes to New Orleans he gets David Onyemata he gets Caden Ellis you know we know that type of structure the safety play so you talk about Jesse Bates and look at some of the development that they have so I think the talent is good that offensive line played really well especially in the run game I just think the quarterback situation killed them. Mm-hmm. Don't know if some of the coaching, the play calling and things like that was because of the fear of the quarterback or because Arthur Smith was just kind of not playing percentages and doing stuff off the top of his head. <laughs> I think it could have been a, yeah. a combination of both. So I think roster-wise, again, that's why I said for a Bill Belichick team, like this is a perfect roster other than the quarterback. For any coach who comes in here, there is no reason to not have immediate success with this roster if you get your quarterback. Everything hinges on the quarterback. Again, there does not have to be significant roster gutting. There needs to be depth improvement, and you've got to find somebody at some point to win off of the edge one-on-one defensively. They have not had that player since John Abraham, and that was a long time ago. That was a long time ago. It was a, a time that I look back on fondly. Um, and and I, I lied. I've got one follow-up for you. So quarterback is so important. Do you believe they will go the draft? Obviously, a lot depends, I think, on the coach here and what they want to do. But a lot of enticing options draft. Or do you think they would go with a trusted veteran to kind of come in and maybe right away be able to play with a higher floor than a rookie might? Look, looking at this roster and seeing, I, I really hope they used a model of the Houston Texans. Right, a coach, a coach who's a leader. You get a, a really nice offensive coordinator who might be gone in two years because he's so good, but who can take a younger quarterback and get it. Because if you're going for the short term fix, didn't they just go through this kind of with the structure of 
Matt Ryan and, and trying to do things like that. We bring in a new coach, go for the short term. Okay, maybe Arthur Blank gets the Super Bowl on the way out. That would be the great equity trade-off. But you got a young roster. Let them grow together, right? Yeah. Let them let them do something well together. We're seeing it come together like that in Green Bay. We don't have a developmental guy like that on the Falcons roster. But I just don't see – I mean, everyone talks about Kirk Cousins. Man, this guy's coming off of an Achilles. You don't know if it could work in a system like that. Who else really out there – free agency-wise or trade-wise, this Justin Fields stuff, that's not I, – I, I do not see that happening. I don't even know if Chicago's going to make him available, but I, I don't see that happening in Atlanta. Russell Wilson, anybody? I mean, does that – what intrigues you more? Some of the prospects, like a Caleb Williams, like a Drake May, I'd get up to the top of the draft, get a Caleb Williams, get a quarterback on a rookie contract, and make it happen otherwise. Well, uh, let's see what the Falcons will do, but it's going to be exciting nonetheless. This was very exciting, Steve. I, I thank you again so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule at this time of the year uh, to provide a little bit of insight. I, I learned so much, and I hope our audience did as well. So please, everybody, please go find him at Weish89 on Twitter and Instagram. Steve, anything else you want to say before I let you go? No, let's get this game kicked off this weekend. I'm excited about that part. Yeah, man, can't wait. This was fun, and uh, I'll talk to you again hopefully soon. Sounds like a plan, Will. Thank you all so much for listening to today's bonus episode, which, as they all are, was presented by Bet Online. A big thank you again to Steve for taking time out of his busy schedule to chat with us about, again, a really interesting and developing situation between Bill Belichick and the Atlanta Falcons. Don't want to keep you all any longer on this uh, not-so-beautiful Friday afternoon here in Atlanta, but it's the weekend nonetheless. So please spread the word for the show if you can. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, at Will McFadden. Check us out on YouTube. Uh, we will be back again next week whenever the coaching news happens. You know, if, if a Bill Belichick signing happens, you'll find me shortly thereafter. Um, so keep an eye out on your feeds. But if nothing does happen, check back again next Thursday. That's when you will get another episode dropping. So until then, everybody, take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.